the living poop. Traveling through time and space, it's the podcast of timey wimey proportions, Podcastica. Now, here's John and Taylor. Thank you, Irving, and hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 95 of Podcastica here on NOTLG.com. We watch The Empress of Mars. My name is John, and joining me this week, as he does every week, is my good friend Taylor. Taylor, we are recording this time. How are you? Oh, that's good. I'm well. Yes. <laughs> we only got that far before. I, I am well. I... Uh tired it's been two birthday parties in two weeks you know we now have a six-year-old in the house who has lost her first tooth oh i lost it on her birthday oh wow i know what are the odds right never tell me the odds right never tell me the <laughs> odds um yeah, you end up in carbonite that way yep um but yeah no th- things are good it's just busy now that we've gotten through that it we're tumbling into the last quarter of Doctor Who, we're, we're rapidly racing toward um, a very large family trip that we're taking at the beginning of July, and I'm trying to just encompass it all with my brain right now and kind of failing. But how are you? I'm doing quite well. Um, <laughs> nothing too crazy, you know, that's all I got. No, nothing too crazy going on over here. I actually went to a... Um, a podcast mixer over the weekend down in L.A. way. Yeah. With a friend of the show, Lauren Bancroft. And uh, yeah. it was cool. Our last episode. Yeah, from our last episode, which um, everyone seemed to enjoy, it looked like. Good. Good for them. They have good <laughs> taste. Um, you have good taste, listeners. We appreciate that. If you're new, hello, welcome. If you connected with me via the Geek Say What mixer, uh, hello. This is what I sound like recorded. <laughs> uh, it was a lot of fun. Met a lot of cool podcasting people. Talked about Doctor Who. Talked about a lot of stuff. Talked about, you know, nice. podcasting. It was a good time. Excellent. Yeah. That's what I did this weekend. That's about all that's really been going on with me. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. You know what? Actually, now that I'm, I look to my left, uh, my friend Carmen... She got me a uh, a birthday present that she kept, you know, meaning to give to me or deliver to me or mail to me. And I finally got it. And it is um, produced by Demon Records. And it oh. is uh, Genesis of the Daleks. It's an old, old record oh. uh, starring Tom Baker and written by uh, Terry Nation. Yes. Yeah. Now, was this like, is, is this like the, an old school original pressing because i know that like on what was it like a record store day there was going to be a doctor who release and i can't remember i think it was genesis the daleks um this has got a couple of dates on the back of it i see 96 78 and 2016 i don't see a pressing date though okay but Um, usually when you see future dates the last date is the yeah, more than like I bet you oh. that was the one from Record Store Day. Well, never mind. Record Store Day 2016 exclusive. Oh, blue nice. cover colored vinyl. I actually haven't opened it. But it's blue colored vinyl. That's cool. Yeah. I'm going to uh, probably just frame it and put it in the... Uh, but I do appreciate it. It's a very cool yeah, gift. Yeah, I've, I've, that's, that's awesome. I've actually I've got the um, 
the the 12 inch vinyl of the time lords right doctor in the tardis yes yes i i've got that framed oh cool um so if i want to listen to it obviously i'll just listen to the mp3 that i ripped from the cd version i'm not gonna pull it from the vinyl i've got that framed. so nice oh yeah, yeah you can do that you can rip the uh the vinyl into mp3 right oh yeah you totally can i uh uh Got one of those little things that'll do it for my uh, dad for Christmas one year because he had a bunch of huh. old vinyl that he digitized. So that that stuff's out there. You can totally do that. Nice. I might have to uh, look into that. Right on. So let's uh, get into this Who News, shall we? Who's? Uh, Patrick Ness has sadly confirmed that he will not write for class, assuming it has a second season. Uh, yeah. This is also likely increase the chance of never seeing a second season, which we here at Podcastica are a tad bit upset about. Yeah, it doesn't look really likely. If it does happen, I'll really be surprised. Uh, if you want, you can go back and listen to, we reviewed every episode of Class. Yep. Uh, the It ended on a cliffhanger. <laughs> a heck of a cliffhanger, yeah. Two of them, basically. Um, yes. Which would have been... Very cool to see what they were going to do with season two of that. But, I mean, as all BBC properties are canceled, they can also always be revived on Big Finish. So maybe, oh, they, be interesting. Yeah. maybe they just do that. But um, that, would be, that would be sad. I would like to see a second season. Likewise, I mean, with, with that kind of ending, you've got to wonder, Mike, okay, where on her? I think we even said, where do you go yeah, from where here? Holy crap, you know? I mean, it, it would, uh, I would take at this point, look, there's not going to be a second season, but here's how these would have played out. Right, exactly. Or maybe they'll do a comic, who knows? That would be cool. I think any, yeah. any medium would be great. Yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see, Rift Tracks take on The Five Doctors will be in theaters August 17th and 24th of this year. Uh, Rift yeah. Tracks, fantastic stuff, guys. Totally, um, and I've got a I've got a link that I'll put in the show notes for this. Uh, Nerdist got a little exclusive clip uh, from uh, Rift Tracks taking on The Five Doctors, so if you want to check that out. It's not very long, but it's there. Excellent. I will definitely... I, I might even go to the theater and see this. Sounds like it would be a fun... I, I really would like to. I don't know that I'd be able to make that work, because that's kind of right when everybody's going back to school, but yeah. that would be pretty fun. And I, one of those is probably a Monday. That sounds like a Monday thing. <laughs> I could look at the calendar real quick and find out. Um, Sure. Why not? Why not? All right. Let's see. Let's look it up. August I feel is like the 24th sounds like a month, but those are seven days apart, so I bet they're both like Thursdays or something. Uh... Damn, you're good. They are Thursdays. Nice. The 17th is a Thursday, and the 24th, obviously, is also a Thursday. Look at that. Look how smart I am. You're good. So, the Moffat says that the 12th regeneration will be different, okay, and has been working with Chibnall uh, on how that'll all play out. Not only that, but uh, Russell T. Davies claims that the 13th Doctor has already been casted. So yeah. a lot of names. Do they? Do the, <laughs> do the three showrunners have three separate keys that they need to turn into a door at the same time? And they all uh, meet in some, a room? There might be horcruxes involved. I'm not sure. Very um, strange. But yeah, there was there was an article. There have been a couple of articles at this point, I think, that, that you know, now that we are creeping toward July and the filming of the Christmas special, um, 
you know, Moffat has said that, you know, oh yeah, his, uh, his regeneration is going to be a, a little bit different than, than previous ones. You know, they, they, no, they don't always necessarily go according to plan. And, and he says he has been working with Chris Chibnall too, because he's, you know, they kind of hatched this idea together. It sounds right. like, um, as to how that'll all play out. And Russell T Davies separately, like in an, in another yet slightly related article, was talking about something else and kind of made it sound or let slip that, oh yeah, they've already picked it. He's already been cast. Obviously didn't drop any names. Did he say he? I don't even know that he said that there, there was, I thought there was video. Um, but I, I'm the only one, uh, kind of in my department at work right now. So I didn't have time to watch it. (laughs) It's too busy working. So, um, I, I, I don't think a gender was dropped. I think it just said the 13th Doctor. Interesting. Cast. Very, very interesting as my... Yeah. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Sorry, my uh, my mouse decided to lock up. Oh, that's never fun. It's fine, though. Everything's great. All right, so this week we watched The Empress of Mars, starring Peter Capaldi as the Doctor, Pearl Mackey as Bill, Matt Lucas as Nardole, and Adele Lynch as... Araxa. Yeah. Nailed it. It's written by the <laughs> glorious Mark Gaddis, and it was directed by Wayne Yip. It first aired June 10th, 2017, and is the ninth story of season 10 of Doctor Who. <laughs> Let's take a moment and just mourn the fact that we are now three quarters of the way through yeah, the season. Yeah, we got three more episodes. Yeah, and boy, do they seem like they are going to ramp up fast. Oh yeah, we're uh we we getting we getting into it. Mhm. So Taylor, we got some story notes and I will uh let you take it from here. Yeah, well, uh um the nice thing about not recording the exact same day that an episode airs it means it gets I get a chance to get some story notes in. Um actress Yasan Churchman uh actually returns as the voice of and I was I got so excited when I saw this character pop up on screen, the voice of Alpha Centauri. And now at the age of 92, oh boy. she's the oldest actor on New Who. Uh, so to keep the reappearance of Alpha Centauri a surprise, Churchman was not credited in the Radio Times. I know we've talked in the past about, uh, you know, the, the people behind Doctor Who making a point of, you know, either mentioning or not mentioning uh, certain actors uh, just so they would stay out of the radio times and not uh, arouse suspicion. Yeah, definitely. Um, so that was, that was exciting. And, and, and it was exciting for me. I mean, I mean, Curse of Peladon's a great story. I know we haven't reviewed it yet, but I, I, I definitely think we should uh, once we hit the off season. Um, but there was also someone at Gallifrey one last year who did just a fantastic cosplay uh, of this character, and I've got my ribbon that says I met with the oh, that's uh, cool ambassador from Alpha Centauri. That's um, awesome. Yeah, so to so to work that uh, that character back into the story was was pretty impressive. Um, so uh, our other story note, <laughs> this is yeah, uh, Mark Gatiss explained on the after show uh, that the Empress of Mars actually began. Get ready for this, folks, as a sequel to the 2015 Series 9 episode, Sleep No More. No! (laughs) (laughs) But 
later turned into an Ice Warrior story and with the inclusion of Alpha Centauri was intended as a third Peladon story uh, until the story was fully formed. So uh, it sounds like this uh, story, and it, because this may very well be the last time the Margators writes for <laughs> Doctor Who. I know, uh, and that's kind of, so, I mean, we give him a lot of crap for... <laughs> we do, and he's done some great stories. I mean, don't get me wrong, I loved Cold War. I really enjoyed the Idiot's Lantern. You know, there's a bunch that he's done that I've liked, but boy, Sleep No More was... Um, it was very was not good. It was very not good, but our review of it, if you go back and listen to it, I think we try to make some something good out of it. Honestly, I that's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done. Yeah. Because we, yes, we had to take something out of nothing. So, I mean, um, as as, I mean, let's just go off the top here before we go into the actual synopsis. Uh, uh-huh. Mark Gaddis has written Emperor, Empress of Mars, Sleep No More, Ro- Robots of Sherwood. Yeah, the, which I really liked. Actually. Yes, The Crimson Horror. That was also yeah. very good. Mm-hmm. Cold War, great. Yes. Night Terrors, Victory of the Daleks. Oh, that's right. Idiot's Lantern and the Unquiet Dead. Ah, uh, yes. The third oh, episode. This, that's funny because I... Season. Yes, season one. I skip that episode whenever I rewatch. What? I don't like it. But it's got it's got Eve Miles in it. Uh <laughs> how do you how do you how do you pass up Gwen Cooper's ancestor? I've passed it up so many times I didn't even know she was in it. Oh my gosh, she's totally in it. Yeah, well, there you go. Oh, I will disagree with you on that point. That's fine. She's a lovely, lovely woman, and I oh no, she is <laughs> confirmed. She is lovely, but I okay. uh, you know don't like that episode. Just fast, okay. you know, just move on past it. So Taylor, yes, as always, you have. A fantastically awesome synopsis for us. Indeed. Um, and here we go. This week, Doctor Who remains topical with a proper imperialistic romp through Victorian Mars. Mars? Yep. And the Brits are as pompous as ever. But will morals and movie references prevail, or will the Ice Warriors crumple the opposition? <laughs> okay. So, uh, what do you think? I liked it. I'm... <laughs> You know, John, I got to I got to admit I feel like as as someone who does a podcast that reviews and critiques, I've talked about this before. I feel like I'm almost coming to these episodes with too critical an eye nowadays. <laughs> I don't feel like I'm just sitting back and enjoying them right. the way that I would if I were just to sit down and, you know, not have a pad of paper and a pen with me to take notes. Yes. Um so upon, you know, first watching it and, and, you know, taking all my notes and stuff, I, I, I was kind of like, I don't really know kind of how this episode is striking me. It's, it's good, but it really didn't like bowl me over, but it was enjoyable. And then it kind of just hit me. I'm like, look, what am I looking for when I'm looking for like that perfect episode of doctor who i feel like i've talked about this before this season i probably have so if you're listening to this for a second time folks i'm sorry um i really i would almost venture to say that i think the perfect episode of doctor who is in itself imperfect um and, and i think that's part of just the joy of it there's going to be stuff that's going to be a little unbelievable there's going to be stuff that might be done a little too quickly um 
you know, hopefully there won't be stuff where it's like, uh, you know, three quarters of the episode is exposition and then 15 minutes of action. Sorry, smile. Um, but I, on the whole, I enjoyed this episode. It, it had, um, you know, I really think this season I've enjoyed the standalone episodes more than any like multi-part stories like this felt kind of refreshing to get back into after three episodes of these monks. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, and, and it really kind of felt in a lot of ways, like, like a real homage to classic who not just because it had the ice warriors and alpha centauri. Right. You know, no, it, it, um, sorry to cut you off. I agree no, with you. Ahead. It had like, I mean, we're in a cave and yes, that's exactly where I was going. Yeah. We're in a cave for the entire story. And not better than 90% of the story, I'd say. And what better classic? I mean, they might as well have just had a rock quarry as well. I mean, <laughs> and exactly. that's not a knock, but I understand what you're saying is, is to the, uh, the classic who feel. Precisely. And I do. I also agree with you with the uh, it was refreshing after three episodes, um, a three episode arc. And it was nice just to have a one-off story. This story felt very simple, and that is also not a knock. <laughs> yeah. It's a very exactly. simple story. And we talked about this last week where, um, you know, we or Lauren talked about the writers and what they mm-hmm. had done in the past. And I don't know if this struck you. And I did actually, I thought about it at first, and then I looked it up, and then it was confirmed. Um, Friday. So... In the story, we have Friday, who is uh, yeah. an ice warrior who has been, quote-unquote, saved by the soldiers. And then he says, like, hey, you guys want to make some quick money? Uh, <laughs> and he brings them to Mars, and they use this machine called the Gargantua. Yes. Which awesome. um, I would love to see in that, you know, that almost unlegible metal writing. Yes. I would love to see Gargantua. I, I need a, a Doctor Who metal band named Gargantua. Oh, I like that. I'd be super down with that. And it's a mining machine, but... Um, so Friday, he's a little docile, it seems. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I was kind of reminded of uh, the Daleks from Victory of the Daleks. Oh, yeah. Victory of the Daleks or the Power of the Daleks? Vic- what did I say? Victory. You said Victory, which was the... Uh... The Gaddis episode. Yes. Oh, oh, yes, of course. Of yes. course, of course. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, he's kind of just, you, now. you know, he's lying around in wait, waiting for the thing to happen. Yes. Which is no, I, fine. Yeah, completely. I I mean, I I enjoyed it. I I know we, we've jumped around a little bit so far, but I I did enjoy this episode thoroughly. Uh, the Let's talk about the movie references. Yes. How did you feel about that? Um, mixed because I feel like, I feel like all of a sudden Bill is making these movie references. Now, if we had had just one or two peppered through previous episodes, right? I'd be like, okay, yeah, whatever. She's doing the movie reference thing again. That's fine. You know, but all of a sudden, you know, it hasn't happened in previous episodes. And now she's just like, oh, hey, look, Predator. Oh, hey, look, Terminator. Oh, wait, make Predator? I don't know. No, anyway, I, I have um, every reference. 
Oh, did you write down which ones? We have, and I may have missed one, and you may have okay. missed one as well, because it wasn't actually, the movie name wasn't said. And we had, oh. some, we had some TVs as well, which was funny. It was very funny. So we had uh, Terminator by, um, by name, mm. uh, The Thing by name. Yes, great film. Uh, yes, fantastic film. Um, Vikings, which is a television show. Right. And I believe there's one more mentioned by name, which I will get to in a second. But uh, did you hear the line, I have a bad feeling about this? Yes. That is a Star Wars line that is in, I believe, almost every Star Wars movie. It's probably in a lot of movies, I imagine. But I feel it's most known in in the Star Wars universe. I have a bad I, you know what? I this. think I think you're very right. It, I mean, it, it's probably said in every I have a bad feel. I just looked it up. <laughs> every <laughs> I have a bad feeling in Star Wars. It's a 35 second long clip. Oh my god, that's hilarious! Updated count for I have a bad feeling about this. So that's fantastic. It's heard in all seven Star Wars films. Oh wow! That's, so um, a deep. There cut. you go. I and then the last one, of course, was my favorite one. Frozen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I was like, this is amazing. What did he say? Yeah. It's a, an eternal winter, just like Frozen. <laughs> so great. Yeah. It's a movie. Uh, I watch. So good. I, so, I, I give Doctor Who a lot of credit. I mean, making Star Wars references, making Star Trek references, kind of just pulling all of like, you know, our geek culture together. This season has been pretty cool. I've, I've enjoyed it. I agree. Um, there was one other kind of reference and I, mm-hmm. it wasn't really a reference, but I was, I, I thought I'd bring it up to you just because it's something that we, we shared, uh, live together, die together. Oh, I uh, yes. don't think that's how the phrase goes. That's not how the phrase goes on the island, at least. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. That's not how that yeah. goes. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, lost. <laughs> Should we rewatch oh. it and do another podcast? No. Oh, God. I, I, would don't never, I, I don't know that I could, honestly. I would never do that. I don't know. Maybe the very first episode, because that really was so cinematic. Yes. Oh, so uh, good. But the whole series, yeah, I mean, you'd have to come at it with hindsight. I mean, just knowing what, what does come next and what ultimately happens. I think it would completely change how you watch the show. Yeah, definitely. So um, references, you could have taken them or left them. Right. Yeah, it, it, it was, I mean, it was, it was cute. It was nice to be like, oh, yeah, I know that reference. I know that reference, too. Ha ha. And, but at the same time, it seemed almost a little out of character because it was something new. Yeah. You know? Has she... She has not made any... Uh, I've, that, really? She hasn't made any other references to movies? I, not that I remember. Huh. Oh, well. Um, let's talk about these... We, we, we get so much new stuff. This uh, did BBC get a new um, design department for for more new spacesuits? I well, obviously because they've got more new spacesuits. Yeah, although the helmet is a little familiar. But I think they may have taken some, like some of the underlighting, those I, LEDs they have in there. I thought these were very similar. I thought they looked great. I liked it. I loved actually, and actually, I loved the uh, basically the the steampunk spacesuit. Oh, the the diving suit. Yeah. I mean, oh my that goodness. Really, that 
great. Yeah, that looked amazing. It almost looked like I, I actually have never played the game. Um, oh, boy, what are they called? It's not Half-Life. It's that game uh, everybody liked, and they have fishbowl heads. I think they're called Big Daddies. They have fishbowl heads. I don't know. Man, what what uh what game is that? I, mean, I I go as far as racing games, and I've dabbled in Overwatch. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, it it's gonna come to me. What this is? It's they have fish Bioshock. Kind of look like oh, a, okay. like a big daddy from Bioshock. Kinda, sorta, not really. But no, the de- I thought the costume design was fantastic in this. I loved the it, uh, the Empress. She looked great. Yes, absolutely. And I I was rather um. You know, this is going to sound kind of silly, maybe, but um, I love that Bill's hair is a little different. In every okay. Episode. I, I thought the braid was great. I'm like, that's, oh, that's my second note. Bill's uh, hair. That's my fifth. Bill's hair, exclamation points forever. That was great. <laughs> I loved it. It looks so cool. Yeah. And yes, I also agree that that's kind of like, I mean, she has costume changes every episode, but that's also a part of it because they could have easily just went, ah, do the thing from the first episode and that's it yeah which wouldn't fit so well inside a space helmet oh yeah also i mean we're mentioning i mentioned costumes a little bit doctor going a little old school here with the look mm-hmm. it's like this is yeah, uh definitely. this is season one for him look and i also love that about uh capaldi is the the many uniform changes we get yes and uh they they are definitely many um oh yeah there's a few there's a few people I follow on social media who are very attentive to detail and trying to, you know, recreate very screen accurate cosplays. And the level of frustration I see in them when it's a new picture comes out and it's like, oh, God, another new sweatshirt. <laughs> Look, there's holes in the sleeve. Now I have to try to recreate these holes. And it's like, oh, man, you're just. I, I my hat's off to you. That is a level of detail that I don't know that I could throw myself toward. But yeah, man, power to you guys. I, and we talked about the caves a little bit. I just love the look mm-hmm. of these caves. I thought they were really well done. Um, I mean, they they felt familiar. That's for sure. Right. This almost they felt like. Um, yep, I can't remember uh, what was um, what was the last classic episode we watched, and I'm totally blanking on it right now. Is the one with the Cybermen. Earthshock? Earthshock. Earthshock. Kind of look like yeah. the caves from Earthshock a little bit. I would say more more like those than Underworld. <laughs> uh, yes, very true. <laughs> very, very true. So let's talk about... Oh, no. I still want to talk about more set pieces. Let's talk about the, the, the tomb. Yeah. That tomb was awesome. It looked so the cool. T- very much so. I mean, I love the whole sarcophagus kind of uh, uh, pseudo Egyptian quality. Yeah, it looked awesome. It. I would uh, also like to point out, mm-hmm. I felt it was very weird that removing one random gem opens the entire tomb. <laughs> but then again, well, I feel like if it's disturbed is what the point they were trying to I, get is. I think that's the point that they were going for. Yeah, I don't think he just happened to remove just the right gem. Yeah. In order to trigger that, I, I think that's definitely like, um, hey, car alarm, you're tampering with this, you know, step away from the view. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, oh boy, I'm, I'm kind of just like looking at my notes because I've, I've totally got a question here, 
but I don't want to. I don't want to step on your your set pieces. Uh, I think that's the uh, only one I have left set piece wise. Okay. Was the tomb? <laughs> I so, really liked it. <laughs> I I want to throw a question out here just just for debate, um, because when uh, Nardal runs back to the TARDIS to get I think some rope, because Bill has fallen down a hole. Yes, uh, the TARDIS like Herbie style takes off. Yeah levers and gear shifts and wait no that was herbie um <laughs> just moving on its own and the tardis takes off yeah i thought that was very strange <clears throat> I, I completely agree i don't ever remember seeing the tardis pilot itself um and and there may well be an example i just can't think of it right now so my question is this because i i saw this raised on social media and i really didn't consider it until after the fact um was this the TARDIS doing it, or did somehow Missy cause it? Oh, that's a very, that's a very interesting question. Yeah. Now, when I was gathering notes off TARDIS Wikia, in their in their notes, now remember this is a, a fan run project. Um, it does say that the TARDIS pilots itself, right, autonomously. Right. Now that that's not to cast anything one way or the other just like reporting it's like look this is this is what they say they don't necessarily like list it as missy causing it that i mean i suppose if she did that would technically be a spoiler because that's not something that's been revealed yes but seeing as how nardle does go to her for help yeah and now she's out and piloting it i don't know interesting because here's here's my case for she somehow caused it don't ask me how. Couldn't possibly tell you how. Yeah, that's... Okay. But when Nardo goes to the vault and basically asks her for help... Yeah. Her answer comes very quickly and almost seems... I don't know. There was like an edge in her voice. I don't know how to describe it. Like, like she was expecting it and it was like, oh good, he's here. Let's do this. Am I crazy? No, I don't... I don't think you're crazy. <laughs> It's um it is an interesting theory because the TARDIS usually only travels if there's danger near to itself sometimes, you know. Mm-hmm. Or it is called potentially. So, hmm. I don't know. There's I, I really, something there. I just I do I do love. I do still love. I don't know why, but I love the uh, you know, TARDIS doesn't want to take off. Sound. Yes. Or it kind of sounds like an engine cycling up, but it's like boom, 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 boom. <laughs> I don't know why. No, I, it's I, a I great, like so, it's a great sound. And I mean, I guess the the other part of the plot we mentioned it a little earlier is um, Friday mm-hmm. is found by um, some Victorian soldiers in South Africa. In South Africa, the ship is crashed, and they you know hitch a ride back. And basically, uh, Friday's plan is to release uh, the queen, mm-hmm. or the empress, if you will. And we have a little uh, um, dissension in the ranks. Yeah, a bit. I mean, the, these are not the um, these are not all perfect and spotless. No, rich types. We have a uh, colonel. Is it Godscare? Godscare. Yes, Godscare. Or. Which- Godzaker, I don't know. Godzaker? I think Godzaker is more correct because the A and the C would say so. 
Um, yes. And then we have Neville Catchlove, who, um, pardon my language, is a bit of a dick. I was uh, just going to say, uh, with a name like that, he is definitely a douche. Yes. And um, but yes, he very much is. <laughs> I do like the the colonel because mm-hmm. he uh, the trust between him and the doctor is um, it's pretty cool. Like he he's like, all right, this guy knows what he's talking about. Let's let him deal with it. Let's let him figure it out. Mm-hmm. And Neville's just like, no, I'm a huge idiot. <laughs> and I, mean, I am human and I'm British, and everything is right when I say it's right. Fleshy worm. Mm-hmm. Apparently, I'm I'm on TARDIS Wiki as well. Apparently, at one point, the Empress tells uh, the additional soldiers to sleep no more. Yes, I was going to get to that because I I literally that like Saturday night before going to bed, I I tweeted to Mark Gatiss being like, "Oh my God, you cheeky bastard!" You totally <laughs> snuck a Sleep No More reference into the episode. Did you? Was that intentional? And unfortunately, never got a reply, but I did. And I think I also tweeted to Gallifrey Public Radio um, when they were asking for, um, or maybe it was on Facebook, when they were asking for, like, you know, people's feedback. Um, and I, I had multiple people be like, what reference? I missed it. There was a sleep no more reference. I'm like, yeah, when the Empress is shouting, sleep no more, my warriors. <laughs> I think she was waking them up because honestly, if she was like, hey, we're going to watch this episode, I think the lights in their little, you know, caverns oh, would, would be going out. Yeah, they would have went off. That would have been it. Like, no, I'm going to stay in here, queen. Sorry. Got to wash my hair. <laughs> um, yeah. So, and, and, and I have seen, you know, in, you know, uh, 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 articles and breakdowns and stuff you know after that 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 was very much intentional of course it was of course it was it's, it's more uh, I, I, I actually also have one other note here that's in all caps mm-hmm. that just says mars looks great so mars <laughs> if you were worried about what i thought of you and how you looked there you are you look you're looking fantastic oh so nice of you to say so uh, in fact i actually read that that one of the early ideas uh uh, for for this episode was to kind of like uh, parallel Brexit a little bit. You oh. want to talk about staying topical? Yes, that would have been oh interesting. Gosh, that would have been interesting. Very um, much so. I mean, I think getting this imperialism and the, uh, um, you know, the Brits are here, and so everything around us belongs to Britain, kind of thing. Uh, you know, that 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 too is still topical because I think we can parallel that to a lot of things today. Yeah. Do you know what? I, I actually wish I had had a counter of how many times someone said, oh, for God's sake, because <laughs> it felt like they said it a lot in this episode. We I have to say we get a lot of Victorian slang. Yes, we do. In this episode, it, it was kind of mind boggling after a point. I'm like, I don't really know what you're saying, but I'm assuming it means, you know, something to this effect. Now, I haven't seen any classic ice warrior stories and i don't recall uh from the matt smith episode did they have the the these guns that turned people into balls oh my god yeah like the 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 uh, trash compactor guns yes holy moly did they have them i i certainly don't remember it in cold war yeah i don't really remember it in that episode either 
and having seen you know some 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 classic who ice warrior stuff you know curse of belladon uh kind of things i yeah i don't think that i don't remember it at all and i also don't think that they could have pulled off this effect you know 40 years ago so very interesting Uh, yeah also very disturbing oh yeah and yeah i was like oh man that guy is very dead he is now a ball Mm -hmm. and ugh, i loved the little standoff i thought the standoff was great and mm-hmm. then I love when the Empress is like, hey, you, I want to talk to you because we're surrounded by so many noisy males. Yes, that and, was great. And the the Empress wants Bill's opinion. And Bill goes, hey, uh, they're telling you the truth. We should do that stuff. And then some one of the idiots fires his gun. Yep. Clang. And they get mercy by becoming more human balls. Yeah. <laughs> Now, it's kind of funny because um, at one point, I don't remember if uh, Araxa or Friday mentions it, but um, actually, I think it's Friday because he's like, you know, like apologizing that, that she's been asleep. Oh, yes, longer for than longer. Than intended. And we get 5,000 years again. Yes. And I was not so much bowled over by the fact that we got literally that number again, but it, well, did he mean Earth years or Mars years? Because. That's a very different oh, stretch of time. Yeah, it is. You know, Mars is a million miles further out uh, from the Earth. It has a very different orbital period. Didn't think Pardon about that. Pardon me while I push my glasses up. <laughs> Didn't think <laughs> about that, to be honest. Yeah. Very and interesting. It doesn't get answered. I don't expect it. <laughs> but it was just something I noticed. I'm like, well, but which one? I assume it would just be Earth years because then, you know, it's just easier it, for everyone. Yeah, it makes sense to the audience. I get it. Uh, we find out that the colonel was uh, hung for being a traitor, but it didn't take. Okay, hang on, hang on. I'm sorry. I, I need to push my glasses up further and correct you. It's hanged. What did I say, hung? You said hung. Oh. And a lot of people, when they talk about a Oh, hang, okay. They say hung, and it's not technically accurate, and half the time sounds horribly dirty. Um, It's hanged. So he was part of a, could I, could I say he was part of a hanging and it didn't take? Is that? Yeah. Yep. Cause I feel like he was, what, how, how he was hanged. It sounds weird to he me. Was hanged. It, it does sound weird. It's, but it's correct. It's more correct. All right. That's fine. I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. don't be sorry. I, I am readily available to be corrected. <laughs> hey ladies, take notes. <laughs> I am fine. I'm fine with being corrected. I'm fine with it. So yeah, it didn't take. And um, they, uh, yeah, we find out Neville sucks. He's terrible. We hate him. Yeah. And Neville, Neville deserves to be crumpled. Yes. Which shot dead. Yeah. Which. Uh, oh yeah. And he pushes. Oh, I have a note here. Hold on. Let me see if I can find mm. it. Because mm. I thought they were, it wasn't going to happen. Uh, I have LOL. So when are you getting married? And I was like, this guy's not surviving. <laughs> and then and then he he did for a little bit yes until neville pushed him in front of a gun blast and he became a crumpled mess yeah what a jerk serious cowardness right yes and uh so when they they find out about the colonel and his uh, betrayal mm-hmm. they lock him and bill and the doctor up and i loved the there's no setting for wood why is there still no setting for wood <laughs> 
Yes. Come on, that's that's a great line. It completely. So and, and you know, I, I I would only hope that if if only for a short while, maybe Chibnall actually you know has a sonic design that will work on wood, and the Doctor goes, "Oh my God, it finally worked! It finally worked!" That it would be a, that would be great. That would and be then funny. that sonic gets destroyed, and it never works again. It, it's destroyed immediately. Well, after finding out that it works on yes. wood, I mean, where where that comes in that doctor's tenure, I don't care. No, I don't either. <laughs> it would be great. It would. And I love Bill comes in as distraction girl. Yes. And I mean, she does a good job. Completely. Well, I mean, she she calls back to that. Hey, look, <laughs> noisy males. <laughs> Let me be a voice of reason. Yes. And. And, and around that point, uh, Friday decides he wants to help the doctor. He, like, mm-hmm. burrows up. And, man, there are sure a lot, a lot of ice warriors waking up. Oh, yeah. And, and, and having them pop up from under the ground, that was just like, Ugh. whoa. Yes. It was cool. I, I was waiting to see this just this little, you know, burrow come running up. And I was waiting for Bugs Bunny to pop out. Yeah. He's supposed to turn left at Albuquerque. But he's on Mars now. <laughs> that's possible. Neville ends up, uh, as I put, uh, getting got, he got got. He, he he got got pretty good. Yes, he did. And I, I I absolutely loved the scene of the colonel being like, "Hey, I'm a traitor. Spare yep. these people's lives. I'm ready yep. for I'm ready for my death. Mm-hmm. Let's do it." And the empress is like, "Oh, you you gonna die?" <laughs> Just not... it would be great if she'd said that. She said that was like some, some really like heavy duty Harlem sass or something. Oh, yeah. oh you gonna die? Oh, honey. you gonna die? Just not today, and you will pledge your loyalty to me. He's like, all right, cool. I really, yeah. I loved I, that scene. It was so I, good. Agreed. That really was one of the highlights of the episode. Oh yes, definitely. And of, and of course, the doctor knew that was going to happen. He had a feeling. Yes. And we haven't even, I mean, we kind of mentioned Nardle, he's back, and he's talking to Missy. Yes. And, I mean, we kind of wrap the bow up on this episode a little bit, where um, they put the the sign there. We get the um, appearance of uh, Alpha Centauri. Yay. I don't know why that made me so happy. You know what? I kind of wish it had made me happy. I was like, this is, I feel like this is a reference I should understand. (laughs) All right, that's it. I'm calling it right now. The first episode that we review of the postseason will be Curse of Peladon. So, so in you'll, about you'll get a, five a, weeks a time, yeah, around there, because we go, yeah. we're going back to the uh, the old school schedule. Yeah, every other week. Oh boy, I'll have a little breathing room. Yeah, right. Should be fun. <laughs> Should be fun. Uh, so. Yeah, we, they put the uh, the God Saves the Queen sign out, so they are the ones that put it there in the first place. You know, yeah. timey-wimey. Yeah, and we didn't even really talk about how this opens at, like... Oh, they uh, opened in NASA. Yeah, it opens at Cape Canaveral, although I'm sitting there, I'm like, well, that building's not actually mission control. That's the vehicle assembly building, isn't it? <laughs> As I push my glasses yeah. up for a third time. Although yeah. I don't know. I mean, maybe that's the mission control building is... Yeah. It's somewhere in there. This is recognizable as NASA, obviously. Uh, I love the doctor counting down. I thought that was great. Yes. And then just <laughs> yeah. how the random people are just showing up in NASA. 
Yes. I thought that was great too. What is um Nardle says something pretty funny and I can't remember what it is. Oh. Is he talking about what is it? Oh, I can't remember what it was. I feel like he's drinking coffee or so I don't know. It was just great. I did have a drink with him, did he? Yeah. Shoot, I don't remember. I'm sorry. Oh well, it's fine. It was great. I love that opening <laughs> scene. So they put the sign there that they find in the opening scene. Mm-hmm. And so the TARDIS comes back and Nardle comes out of it and he goes, Before you go getting all frowny which I thought was amazing. Yeah. And um we're in the oh. we're in the TARDIS and Missy peers out from behind the console. Mm-hmm. I loved that. It was such a like childish like, hi, I'm here. You know what it almost reminded me of? It reminded me of the Dilophosaurus from uh peering from out of the tree from Jurassic oh, Park. Oh my god, really? <laughs> Not really. I just wanted to throw another movie reference in this episode. Oh, movie reference. But that would have been hilarious if that comes out. He's like, yeah, I thought about that, that scene from Jurassic Park where the dinosaur comes up from behind the tree. I will admit Jurassic Park is one of those movies where if there's literally nothing else on TV and Jurassic Park's just on a channel, I will turn it on. And... The doctor says, which I thought was, I mean, kind of strange at the time. I still think it's a little strange. He says, this can't mm-hmm. happen. Mm-hmm. And I wa- I was wondering if he meant this can't happen as in she can't be out of the vault, the vault or that's, she. That's how I took it. Yeah, that's kind of how I took it, too. Or like she somehow can't actually, she shouldn't be able to fly the TARDIS. Oh, um, well. Because I feel like maybe the um maybe the TARDIS trusts her now. Oh hmm. Okay, I've got a theory percolating. Oh yeah. What what yours are better, but um okay, so in the doctor's wife. Yes. We kind of get it established that, you know, the TARDIS may not always take you where you want to go, but take you where you need to be. Yes. So extrapolating that out where it could also maybe go and get someone who you will need. Huh. Um, maybe not necessarily just to help in this story, as in like, oh, get the TARDIS back, because obviously the TARDIS flew itself. Yes. You know, but obviously... We've got one story, and then we dive into the two-part finale. And I know Missy gets kind of unleashed. Well, I mean, I would assume she does. You know, so kind of extrapolating that out and knowing uh, that we are coming to the end of uh, Capaldi's tenure, and obviously Michelle Gomez's tenure, too. Yeah. um, Maybe the TARDIS knows that. And is getting her there to help him with... It's not done percolating, obviously, but you see where I'm going with this. Yeah, definitely. Um, Hmm. I don't know. I mean, maybe... I mean, yeah, I I, I agree. Him simply saying this can't happen could have completely multiple meanings. Yeah, it definitely could. I mean, the obvious one, yeah. You should not be out of the vault. You've been grounded. Yes. <laughs> what are you doing here? And, I mean, he says, you got to go back in the vault. And Missy's like, all right. Yeah. 
She's just totally fine with it, which is just another another question. Oh, just there's a whole bunch then, of questions. But then she says, and she says, "Doctor, tell me, are you all right?" Yes. And in giant caps, I have, "He's not all right." <laughs> because he didn't answer. So that just I have to assume the worst. Yeah. Yeah. God. So, I mean, that is that is the episode. I mean, we enjoyed it and um Correct me if I'm wrong, Taylor. I feel like we're having a guest next week, aren't we? We are having a guest. Having yes, a indeed. friend of the show, M.A. Sokol, on the episode as we review next time, The Eaters of Light, presumably starring something hungry for photons. <laughs> oh, and, and Peter Pearl and Matt, the, them too. It is uh, written by classic Who writer Rona Monroe. Mm-hmm. And directed by Charles Palmer, who I that name does not sound familiar. Uh, he directed, I think, Oxygen. Oh, well, there you go. If I remember right. Um, not that far I, off. I, I think the actual listing for season 10 in Wikipedia actually will um, has the different shooting blocks. Oh, okay. That they have. And so they, they would have the same director, but they might have different writers. So the directors had, you know, two episode blocks. Huh. Well, all right then. Yeah. It's one of those things I find when I end up researching for a while. Um, I would like to tell you I'm heavily distracted, and you can leave this in. I'm heavily distracted because um, we are one minute away from um, the Golden State Warriors. We're 35 seconds away from the Golden State Warriors winning the NBA championship. Oh, so- we're we are getting a live play-by-play now. <laughs> We take you to the because I my 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 neighborhood, including upstairs, my roommate Kyle is uh, there is a lot of noise going on. So Uh, I don't don't believe it'll shine through on this uh, beautiful sure microphone. But if it does, I apologize. You know, for what it's worth, uh, go sports, go score the do 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 the thing. Go sports. All right. Go Warriors. Get a touchdown. They they are uh, up by a touchdown currently. I am so not a sports guy, but <laughs> I know. you know, hey, good job, local teams. All right, so let's get through these plugs here. You can like <laughs> us on Facebook, and, and maybe we'll end with a lot of cheering. We we might if I get if I get through them. You can like go, us on Facebook. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at the Podcastica. You can follow me on Twitter at JP Thrice, and you can follow Taylor on Twitter at Apex Buddha. Subscribe to us on iTunes and Stitcher, just search Podcastica, rate and review us as well. Please, guys, leave us a five-star review. That would be great. Yeah. Uh, Also, subscribe to us on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com, slash the N-O-T-L-G, and head on over to N-O-T-L-G.spreadshirt.com and buy one of our Podcastica shirts. We would love that. And we have three new N-O-T-L-G designs. You should check those out, including We Get It. I've seen them Including we get it, you have a podcast. <laughs> and yeah, all the shirts are have been designed by my sister, so shout out to her. And let's see. Oh, you can also uh, support the Y-Axes. They do our music, so support yeah. them. Uh, check them out on Twitter at the Y-Axes. Uh, like their Facebook page, facebook.com slash the Y-Axes. There's a lot of cheering going on. <laughs> check out the Y-Axes.bandcamp.com. They're also on Spotify. So join us again next week as we review the Eaters of Light. And um, we will talk to you guys next week. And apparently, uh, go Warriors. Go Warriors.
Yeah, they just won. Nice. <laughs> Nine points. Good for them. Get wow. Le- get LeBron out of here. 